Uh, we uh, finished a series last week called Chaos, and uh, and it was sort of cool because we sort of finished finished it up, and then that means we get to start a new series, and so we're going to start a new series this week, and I'm excited about it, and uh, the series we're going to kick off this week is going to be entitled uh, Forward Motion, so if you have one of those fancy note cards, you can pull that out, you can write uh, Forward Motion, and then write Part 1 on it, and uh, I'm really, really excited about this series, I think it's going to be really good, it's going to be three weeks, so if you have a Bible, you can open it up to Mark chapter 8, if you don't have a Bible, but have the Bible app, or the Uber app. You can open up that to Mark chapter 8. That's where we're going to be here in just a second. I'll give you just a second to get there because uh, we're going to dive straight in. There's nothing to review. I mean, like usually like we're always reviewing what we talked about the last couple weeks, but not when you kick off a new series. So here's what it says. Mark chapter 8, verse 34 through 35. Just two verses. And we're going to look at it. It says this. It's Jesus talking. If you're wondering, Jesus said this. He said, then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples, and he said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself and take up his, their crosses and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. That's not heavy at all. <laughs> A little bit heavy. Let's pray. God, we want to invite you into this message. To speak to us. We pray, Father, that you'll, you'll open our eyes to see, open our minds to, to understand, open our ears to hear, and soften our hearts so that we'll be able to receive. And give us the strength and the courage to put all that you speak today into action. Because we don't want to just be hearers of your word, God. We want to be doers. Help us to be your church. And everybody in this place said, Amen. I was reading the news and I saw that uh, Boeing uh, has actually invested 20 million dollars into Virgin Galactia, their space uh, craft that is going to literally take everyday people, well not everyday people, millionaires, <laughs> people with lots of money, uh, into outer space. I mean, pretty stinking cool uh, that they have the ability and they're working on that. $20 million is going to go into that. So soon we are going to be able to go to outer space and back to Earth just to see the Earth from way out there. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that, right? I mean, that's a pretty cool thing. You stop and think about it. Like, I mean, if you knew without a shadow of a doubt that you could go to outer space, see the earth from way out there, and make it back 100%, nothing would go wrong. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? I mean, like, I mean, there, but the truth of the matter is there's a lot of people who would not want to do that because you cannot guarantee me that something isn't going to go wrong, right? That's a little bit scary. But if you're into the adventure of it all and say, man, I want to be out there. I want to see it. I mean, that's a pretty cool thing. It was back in like 1960s, right? The 1960s where President John F. Kennedy uh, put out a challenge to NASA. What was the challenge that he gave NASA? He was like, I want you to put a man on the moon. I want you to put on a man on the moon safely and, and return him to Earth safely before the Russians, right? That was the challenge he put out there. Uh, now, if you were sitting right here, or let's say that we were outside and we were looking up at the moon, and uh, John F. Kennedy, the president, was sitting here and he was talking. Do we have a picture of the moon there? Uh, you're sitting here and you're looking. And we're just like, wow, that's a beautiful place, right? And all of a sudden, the president walks into the room and, and we're just sort of outside. You know, he was like, come here, I want you to look out the window. And, and so we're looking out the window and he sees that. And he says, okay, here's what I want. I want you to put a man there. Okay? 
They want you to do it before the Russians. They're trying to do it right now. You beat them. And that challenge was given to you. Like, that's a pretty big challenge. I mean, it was just a few years ago that we put a man in the air, right? I mean, the plane wasn't invented very long. It had only been a few years, you know, and now we're going to go to the moon. I mean, this is, this is a huge thing. So, I mean, if you were sitting in the room and the president came in and gave you that challenge, do you think that he's expecting you to do it the next day? Tomorrow? No. Huh. The president knew that it was going to take some time. He knew that you were going to have to do some things in order to make that, that challenge actually happen. And so NASA, they took the challenge and they began to go and spend years trying to figure out how they could accomplish the challenge and put a man on the moon, right? And so then what did they do? They started to launch these Apollo missions. Apollo 1 was launched and it was actually a disaster. It was very tragic. Three astronauts ended up dying in a fire that was happened at, at, at the launch pad. So a big old fire broke out and three astronauts lost their life in January of 1967. And then Apollo 2, Apollo 3, eventually they got to Apollo 7 and 9 actually were some big successes. And they launched them out and they were able to orbit the earth. And test a lot of the, the, the stuff that had to do with the spacecraft. And then Apollo 8 and Apollo 10, they also were able to launch and they were to, able to test more things. And they were actually able to uh, go around the moon and take pictures of the moon. And that was a huge success. But they still hadn't put a man on the moon, right? And then on, in July, of, July 16, 1969, Apollo 11 accomplished the mission of going to the moon, putting a man on the moon, putting the American flag there, and then returning safely to Earth. The, that man was Neil Armstrong. And Neil Armstrong said something that has become one of the famous quotes in America history, right? You know what it is. He said, he said this, that is one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. What an amazing, amazing Thing. I love what he said. I love that quote. That is one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Why? Because after all those missions, after all those little steps, the giant leap was finally accomplished by getting to the moon, right? The impossible was done. But all it was, was step, 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 step. And then the giant leap was, uh, found its success. I think that's incredible. It is the steps that get us to the end result of something that is big. If you dream big, you have to take small steps. Now, we know that in our heads, but oftentimes we end up forgetting that because we want the result here and now, don't we? Right? That's one of the reasons why it comes to like diets and credit cards, right? The reason why they make millions upon millions upon millions of uh, dollars is simply because we want it here. I'm going to get it now and I'm going to pay for it later. I'm going to take this little pill and I'm going to lose all the weight just magically, right? I don't have to put in the work. All of a sudden, you're selling these products that are promising the here and the now without the steps. We all like shortcuts. We don't want to take the time that it's going to require to get the results that we actually desire, right? And it happens with our faith journey too. We want to be this amazing Christian. We want to be like Christ right here and right now. And so we put our faith in Jesus. 
And we know that he is looking for us to live a certain way. And so we want to be one of those perfect followers of his. But yet we don't want to go through the work that it takes to get there. And so what do we do? We try to skip steps. And we expect to still see results. And it doesn't work like that. See, if you put life into the way that it works, the steps are always going to be very important, right? Just take a toddler, for instance, or an infant, for instance. They come jumping out of the womb. Well, they don't jump out of the womb, but somehow they get out of the womb, right? And and when they get out of the womb, it's like they're just little, little thing. And it's like there's not much that can happen. And it's just you're sort of holding this little thing. And, And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, as time goes, they're eventually lifting up their head a little bit better. And it's not the bobble head. And it's like, okay, that's cool. Like you can hold your head up now, right? And then all of a sudden, there's that moment where they actually roll over. And it's like, well, that's a big step, right? It's like that. That's exciting. We celebrate that, right? They rolled over for the first time. And then you see them, they're scratching and they're, uh, you know, and they're trying to get forward to that toy that's just out of reach. And finally they're crawling. And then like they're crawling way too fast. And you're like, stairs right there, you know, and you're trying to catch them. And then eventually they find something and they start pulling themselves up and they get up to their feet. And you're like, oh boy, they can't walk yet, but they're crawling and they're standing up now holding on to something. And eventually they get the, the courage and the strength to actually say, you know what, I'm going to go walk. And so they take a step and they fall. And then they get up again and they take a step and they fall. And it's repeat, repeat, repeat over and over again. They try a step and they fall and eventually they get it. They walk, they run, they climb. And it's amazing to watch the process of these kids go through that, right? But the truth of the matter is you can't skip the steps to get to the, the run. You can't skip the steps to get to the run and walk and climb. That is all very important. That is how life works. Steps are important. Things are not instant. There is a learning curve that is always going to be required if you're going to learn something new. And the truth of the matter is anytime you step out to learn something new, it is frustrating. Have you ever at this stage of life tried to learn something new? I'm telling you, like at this stage of life, like when you're an infant and don't know anything, it's like, how much stuff can I learn? And you're just hungry to fail over and over again until you learn, right? But eventually, as we get older, we tend to say, you know what? I don't want to do that because I don't want to put in the time that it's going to take to learn this new thing. And so we have a tendency to sort of shy away from learning new things. I'm good with this. But if you do see something that actually interests you enough where you say, I'm going to try this new thing, then and you step into it, you have have to go through the frustrating stage of getting it wrong in order to get it right. It's just the way life works. And eventually, if you go through the frustration and you push through, eventually you learn the thing and you get better at the thing, right? That's just the way life works. And if life works that way, why would it be any different when it comes to the journey of following Christ, right? Why would it be any different? It'd be nice if it was different. It would be nice if we could skip steps and be that perfect Christian. But if you want to be a mature Christian, it is going to take steps. And the steps on this journey that we travel on are a never-ending journey. You don't reach the finish line until you reach eternity. So no matter how long you've been in this, this faith journey of yours, no matter how mature you are, you still have another step to take. 
To help us understand those steps, we must look at the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, New Testament, right? As you dive in there, you begin to see Jesus laying out what it looks like to be a follower of His. And what He said in the text that we read there in Mark was really quite heavy and a little bit scary. Because He's talking about denying yourself. Who wants to deny themselves? Not me. Uh, Sign me up for that? No way. I'll take my name off. Deny this, right? I mean, I want to live for me, not you, right? says, follow me. Well, how about you follow me? I want to lead you. How about that, right? Like, that sounds a little bit funner. I have some cool places I want to go. Jesus, come take along with me. I'll show you a good time, right? I mean, like, that'd be sweet, right? Uh, It says says then these weird things, like, take up your cross, like, a cross? Like, that's that's like an electric chair. That's something that kills people. Like, that doesn't sound exciting to me, like, I, I, I think that's a little bit too heavy. Uh, don't save your life. <laughs> Are you out of your mind? I'm all about self-preservation, right? Like, I am going to protect myself at all costs. But you're telling me that I need to lose my life in order to follow you. That does not sound like something that I personally want to do, right? So you hear him teach this. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Follow me. Don't save your life. Lose your life for my sake and for the gospel. And you say, wait a second. That sounds a little bit too big for me to accomplish. That sounds more than I want to do. That challenge feels like it's way out there. Not something that is right here that is within my grasp, right? It almost sounds like Jesus is sitting there and saying, go to the moon and come back safely, right? It's outside of our reach. And that glimpse of following Jesus is really all about sort of almost overwhelming me. When I read that. I sort of get this overwhelming feeling that comes upon me because I'm like, man, I can't do that. I can't deny myself. I can't, I can't lose my life. I can't carry that cross. Like, that's just too much. Right? In the same way, Jesus knows that it's going to take time. When President Kennedy said, when he said, I want you to go to the moon and back, he knew that it wasn't going to be instant. He knew it wasn't going to be the next day. The the same thing is true when it came to Jesus saying this. He had all these people gathered around. He knew that this wasn't going to be something that was going to be easy to do. He knew it wasn't going to be an instant thing. There wasn't a quick fix to make this happen, right? He knew that it was going to take some small steps. He knew there was going to be some big steps on the journey. He knew that you would take some steps forward and then you would take a few steps backwards. Jesus knew that it was going to be a process. But yet he was inviting you to start the process to move forward towards him. To move towards a life that would be in sync with him. That's what he was inviting people to do. This is how I live. And I'm inviting you to live this way with me. The challenge was big. The challenge was hard. But the invitation to join him was given. In order to do that, that meant that you were going to start an endless process. It doesn't happen just by getting motivated by some communicator on a mic. There's been many times where a communicator on a mic fired me up and I'm like, man, I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go carry my cross. I'm going to go do this thing, right? But the truth of the matter is it takes more than motivation. Truth is, those who try to make it happen overnight end up usually failing. But those that succeed in their Christian walk, they embrace the struggle that comes with it. 
Because there is a struggle. They work hard to take the next step. They work hard to take the step after that. And even when the last step was a backward step, they say, I'm not quitting. I'm going to keep moving and I'm going to take a baby step now. And I'm going to work at getting my life more in sync with my Savior. Those are the people who end up succeeding. And no one did that better than this guy by the name of Peter. Peter was one of Jesus' disciples. And if you turn over to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 14, you're going to see this. Peter, he, he was somebody who, who was a guy who was always on the move. He would step forward. He would step backwards. And he was just always in motion when you look at his life throughout the Gospels. And if we were to jump into the story here in Matthew chapter 14, you're going to see that Peter actually knew Jesus for a while. He had been seeing the power that Jesus had. He had been seeing Jesus do some pretty amazing things. And so he, he, he's in this Christian bubble. He's in the, the discipleship place, you know, being close to Jesus. But, but the truth of the matter is, it, it was like there were still times where he struggled. Even though he knew the power of Jesus, even though he knew that, there was times where he didn't always get it right. Matter of fact, here in this book of the Bible, in Matthew chapter 14, you see that the disciples of Peter, it being one of them, they found themselves in this boat and they ended up in the middle of this lake and it was getting dark out. So the dark had come, they're in the middle of this lake, sea of, it's not a lake, Sea of Galilee, so it's big, right? And all of a sudden a storm comes blowing in. And when that storm comes blowing in, they're out there in their fishing boat and they're being tossed this way and that way. And it's like survival right now. Like you're in survival mode because this storm could sink the ship and people lose their lives out there all the time. And so they're sitting there being tossed this way and that in a very dangerous, scary situation. And as they're out there in the middle of the night, they look off in the distance and they see something. They see a man walking on the water towards them and they begin to freak out, right? Why? Why were they freaking out? Because they saw what appeared to be a ghost. I mean, what else would you think? Have you ever seen somebody walking on the water in the middle of the Sea of Galilee? Not so much. And so it has to be a ghost. And as they begin to freak out and look, all of a sudden, the ghost speaks out to them, right? And I want you to see what ends up happening. This is what happens in the story. Matthew chapter 14, verse 27, it says this. It says, but Jesus immediately said to them. So it wasn't a ghost. It was Jesus. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come out to you on the water. What a stupid thing to ask. Come, he said. And then Peter got down out of the boat. He walked on the water and he came toward Jesus. But then... He saw the wind and he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and he caught him. Stop there. This is a crazy story. It's a story that's hard to wrap our mind around. Why? Because the impossible is being done. People are walking on water. Hey, I don't believe that, right? I mean, that's hard to believe. But if you believe that Jesus is the son of God, then you can believe that he can do the impossible, which is walk on water. So therefore, I choose to believe that this is a true story. It's not a fictional story. It's something that actually happened. And he had the power to make another crazy man by the name of Peter be able to do the same thing. Here, Peter is saying, I've seen God do the amazing through this guy by the name of Jesus. I've seen him do the miracles. And now I see what appears to be a ghost walking in the water. But he's saying, it's Jesus. If it's him, I want to be a part. I want to be close to him. I want to move in his direction. And so Peter says the stupid thing that I said he said. He says, hey, tell me to do it. Tell me to join you on the water. 
Tell me to do the impossible with you. Because he wants to be in sync with his Savior. He wants to be in sync with his Master, with his Lord. And so all of a sudden Jesus says, come. And what does Peter do? He steps out of the boat and he begins to do the impossible. He takes a big step of faith to get out of the boat, to do the impossible, to walk on water. But the moment that he does that, then what happens? He begins to see the wind. He begins to see the waves. He remembers the fact that they were about to die when they were in the boat. And now he's out of the boat. And this is not a good situation to be in. And so his faith starts to crumble. His trust in his Savior, in his Lord, begins to drift away. And he begins to doubt. And when he does that, all of a sudden he begins to sink in that moment. Can you imagine how he must have felt as he's sinking? I'm going to die. I got it right, but then I got it wrong. All of a sudden, he feels like, I took this huge step backwards. But then he does something. He says, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. He knew he was in trouble. And so what he does is he takes a baby step back towards the direction he should have been heading all along. And that was back towards not the boat, but towards Jesus. He could have reached back to his friends and said, guys, guys. Help me. That's the boat. But no, instead he turned towards Jesus. He takes a baby step towards Jesus, which is farther away from the boat. And he says, Lord, save me. This was a baby step, but it was still in the direction that he needed to be heading, which was Jesus. It was him saying, I am going to trust that Jesus can get me out of the mess that I got myself into. I'm going to trust that. And the moment that he made that decision, that little step towards Jesus, calling out, Jesus met him right where he was and grabbed his hand and rescued Peter. Peter's life was saved. It sort of looked like this. Peter's here and he's like, man, I'm all in with Jesus. I'm going to take this big step forward. And he does. Then all of a sudden he gets distracted because all of a sudden things get uncomfortable when you follow Jesus. They get a little bit difficult. They get a little bit hard. Because Jesus is doing the impossible. And so you get distracted. And all of a sudden, he's like, oh, it takes just as big of a step backwards. Big step forward. Big step backwards. But then he realizes what he's done. I just went backwards. And so then he takes a baby step forward. Here is different from here. He started here. He went way over here. Then he went right back to where he was. Then he went baby step forward. Forward motion. If you look at Peter's life, what you see is that his whole life was going through that ritual. Big step forward. Big step backwards. Baby step forward. Big step forward. Big step backwards. Baby step forward. Big step forward, right? Big step backwards, baby. But all of a sudden, I was there. Now I'm here. This was the story of Peter's life, right? He would honor Jesus with one decision, and then he would go and betray Jesus with the next decision. And then he would go and repent. Step forward. And so as he went through these motions, Jesus says Peter has something special because he always says, I'm going to stay in motion. And therefore, Jesus chose Peter to be the one that he would actually build the church upon. It's incredible. 
So what do we do or what do we learn from Peter when it comes to following Jesus? It's simply that it's a journey, guys. It's a journey. Life is a journey. Your faith is a journey. It's a journey of following Jesus. Walk with Je- walking with Jesus will always be a work in progress. And we will always be working to get to the next place that he wants us to be. You don't arrive. There's always another step. So don't be overwhelmed by the distance that you need to travel or the distance that you need to go. Right? Trust that God is going to get you there. And just focus on what he says the next step is. Because the truth of the matter is, God isn't going to give you a challenge to go to the moon unless he thinks that he can help you get there. And he can, because he can do the impossible. God will always help you finish the step that he is asking. As long as you keep in sync with him. And the moment that you finish that step, he's going to give you another one. See, there's a myth that has floated around Christian circles for a long, long, long time. And that's if you turn your life over to Christ, then all of a sudden, everything simply changes, right? You become this new creation, this new person. And it literally happens like this, the moment that you give your life to Christ. And it's true that you become a new creation when you give your life to Christ. But that just means that you became an infant, And there's now a whole bunch of steps. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden you give your life to Christ and something magical happens in your life and you wake up the next morning and all of a sudden you have all the answers. You are one person one minute, completely a different person the next. You don't wake up and say, now I have the answers of life. Now I don't get tempted anymore. It's not the way that it it works. That way of thinking is flawed and it's dangerous. See, walking with God is more of a process. You don't set a goal to walk on the moon and then wake up the next day and do it. You've got to go through the creation process and the trying process and the failing process in order to get there. And the same is true with giving your life to Christ. You don't all of a sudden have the answers, all of them. You don't all of a sudden have no temptations. But Jesus isn't looking for you to be the perfect model. That's not what he's looking for. What he's looking for is for someone who will be in motion of trying to move forward towards him. Not settling for where you are, but instead pushing onward towards your Lord, towards your Savior, towards Jesus. But Jesus also understands that sometimes you get it wrong. That sometimes you take steps backwards. And if I was to be honest with you today, there's been times in my life on my faith journey where I've actually taken the big step that Peter took backwards. I've done it many, many, many times. But you know what scares me more than myself taking a step backwards on my journey, on my faith journey? It's the fact that I'm on this journey and that I do this. And I don't step forward and I don't step backwards. That's what scares me more than taking a step backwards, more than getting it wrong. Because see, when I step backwards, when I get it wrong, I know that I've done something that's wrong. I know that I took a step backwards. I know where I need to self-correct. I know that I need to go and repent. But when I don't take a step, and when I sit here, the problem with being stagnant, the problem with being stuck in a place and not moving in a direction is you don't even realize that you became stuck. And this happens all the time 
inside the Christian circle, inside the church, inside people who call themselves followers of Jesus. They become stuck. There's no forward motion. There's no backwards motion. So they're not becoming more simple, but they're also not becoming more in sync with their Savior. And because of that, they're just sort of there. And that is a scary, scary place to be. And it's not a place that he ever intends his followers to be. He always expects you to be doing the next step. Stalling out is a very dangerous, dangerous thing. Because we don't even realize that we've done it. That's one of the reasons why when I wake up in the morning, I always have this ritual that I go through. And one of the things that's part of my ritual is I talk to myself. I do my devotions. I'll read my Bible. I'll pray. I'll do all that. But then I also talk to myself and I remind myself of why I'm here and what I'm doing. Marcus, I say. And I go through this whole thing. And one of the things that is in my morning ritual is I always remind myself that today I'm going to win the day. I say that every morning. Man, let's win the day today. Let's win the day today. Because when I get out of bed, I want to know that I'm not just going to go through the day and just have a wasted day. I'm going to win the day. And one other thing that is in there with winning the day is let's keep it moving. I don't care if I'm moving slow. I just care that I'm moving. Let's keep it moving today. It might be a slower day. Today might be a day to rest. But as long as I know that I'm moving forward, then it's okay. So let's keep it moving. Reed, you can come on up. We're going to get ready to close. As I was putting this together and as I was thinking through just the process of the steps, I thought it was cool because, you know, there's, there's always that chance that somebody walks through our doors that has never made that first step of following Jesus. And that's why we always give that opportunity for somebody to do that, right? There's always an opportunity. I mean, you could do that. I mean, it's not even like I have to have you raise your hand. You could do that right here and right now and say, man, today I'm giving my life to Christ. I'm stepping into that. You could do that right here and right now. Or you could be somebody who's, you know what? Like I did that one time, but all of a sudden I took step, step, step. And I'm back so far away from God that I'm not even living for him. And I need to take a baby step back towards God. Somebody could do that here in this moment right here, right now, which is cool. But knowing all of us, I know that we are in sync with God and that we're moving forward, which is exciting and cool. And so for us here today, what I want us to do is I want us to wrestle with the question, what is your next step? Actually, no, I don't want us to wrestle with that, because if you were here last week, you already wrestled with that because that was the cue last week. Right. If you were here last week when we finished up the series called Chaos, we gave the cue that was simply this. Figure out one step. That you could take to be more yoked to God. Now if you weren't here last week. That can become your cue this week. Because there is a step for each of us. And your step will look different than my step. But there is a step that we need to take to become more yoked with Jesus. With God. If you're wondering what yoked is. It was like this wood that they would put together with oxen. And they would pull together and it would make the burden less of a burden. Because the more that you're yoked with Jesus, doing it, it all of a sudden becomes a lot easier. The impossible becomes possible. And so you need to sort of wrestle with that question. What is your next step when it comes to your faith journey? But if you wrestled with that this last week, then you know what your next step is. 
And it would be very easy for yourself to be beating yourself up right now because you're like, man, I identified that last week. But now I'm looking at what I did this week and I realized I didn't take a step in that direction. I didn't do any better. I didn't do the thing that I identified that I needed to do in order to have forward motion. And so all of a sudden you start to get frustrated and all of a sudden you start to say, man, I just don't know what to do. Well, here's what you need to do. You need to turn towards Jesus and you need to ask for help. You need to turn towards Jesus and ask for help. And so the cue that I want to give us this week as we kick off this new series called Forward Motion is I want us to turn towards Jesus and I want us to ask him for help in our next step. Maybe take both the cues, cues last week and this week, and do them both together. Identify your next step and then ask for help. But doing it on our own has never been the way that it was intended to be done. And so when we hear Jesus lay it out and it seems like it's so far out there, like the moon, we need to know that it doesn't have to happen overnight, that there are steps and a process that we can go through and that we can do it with him. But if we stall out and we don't have forward motion and we only have backwards motion or we're not moving at all, then we should have some danger flags that come up. So let's just take a moment right here and right now, and let's just sort of ponder that and just sort of pray that through. You can identify what your step is, or you can just take some time to pray and ask Jesus to help you in your step. And that'll come up and close here in a second.